Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. We do, we do, Does anyone here know the lyrics? Prove it! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
right. Plus you wanted a man with a little security. Said I've been around the world twice. And my name ring bells from Atlanta to Sicily. Said she wanted it all night. So put the bubbles in the tub and load up. Shit, shit, shit. It's good with Ryan Bailey where we play the hits. That was a little one coming out of... St- <laughs> What's up, folks? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode. We are in Wednesday. You know, these when you have the Memorial Day off and it takes that Monday out from underneath you, even though we did do an episode with Sophie Ross, so make sure you know that. If you didn't, that that is there, a new one. Um, it screws with me that, you know, like, we'll get to Friday and I swear to God, I'll think it's like... July or something like I won't even uh, I'm just kind of like it really you're you're appreciative of as you get older you're appreciative of those days but then you're also like I feel like always looking over your shoulder like you made a mistake like did everybody get this off is it just hey what's going on okay okay um I hope everybody had a great Memorial Day uh weekend uh, I just, I fretted, so I did, I did what I do best, <laughs> but I hope everybody got to have a, a really nice time with family, friends, or even by themselves, or even with the TV or your phone. Those are two of my best friends. And so if you can spend quality time with them, it is time well spent. <laughs> uh, today we have a great episode. We have finally, finally, uh, the Taylor Armstrong interview. Now, Taylor Armstrong is, to me, a legend. I mean, I think to all of us, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she started that show. She made that show what it is today. We owe her a debt of gratitude. Like, this is thank you for your service, Taylor Armstrong. Um, but uh, what's so exciting is that Taylor is going to grace our screens again on June 23rd of this month with Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Two, season two, we had we had Island Housewives in the Island, baby. That was the oh my god! I always just like my poor neighbors. He's like he's recording. Yeah, honey, he's it's ten o'clock at night. He's recording. He just I think was doing a Jamaican. Uh, is that Chet Hanks that lives next to us? Um, uh, season one, I loved. I like I recap the entire season. You can go find that. I think I did it over Christmas on uh on this pod so you get it for free i think season two uh i think the patreon voted this weekend and i'll be recapping season two on the patreon um and i'll probably give you a little taste like uh what what those drug dealers do like they're like first one's free then you gotta you know you're like all i needed was the first one i i do not like this um so i'm very excited because it also takes place at Bluestone Manor. 
at Dorinda's house. And if you've seen the trailer, it looks intense. So I'm very, very excited that Taylor is here today. It's a quick 35-minute interview. She was delightful. This was recorded all the way back in February, you guys. I have been sitting on this forever because I told you this a couple weeks ago. And it's so funny. I always like... I realize you guys don't listen to every episode because that would just be insane, even though if you do, you're my favorite. Um, is that I, I said this a couple of times, but then people are like, why didn't you do this? And I'm like, oh, I said it on like Wednesday's episode of three weeks ago. And they're like, you idiot. I don't listen to all of this. So anyways, I really got gun shy releasing this, not because she said anything weird or I said anything weird, but I had just like I had just made up with uh the Bravo PR people that did Summer House and the same uh, team does Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. And I, you know, so I had I had done something bad. I think I'd done something bad like a year ago accidentally without my I didn't even realize it was bad. Somebody sent me the cast photo for Winter House and I posted it like an idiot and didn't realize it was bad. And I woke up to an actual phone call from Bravo PR going, you effed up bad. And I was like, I don't know. Duh, 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 duh. And I was just, I mean, it was just the worst. And it was, it was while I was in Nashville. Do you guys remember when I went to Nashville last year and I, I got a really bad, I got strep throat and I was out for like two and a half weeks. That problem, that was in Nashville. So that, like, I was already feeling bad. And when you're sick in Nashville in a strange place and you're like, why did I even travel COVID? Like, you're all, all of a sudden, all these emotions are going through your head of like, oh, wow, I really, I shouldn't have done this trip at all. And then you see NBC Universal pop up on your phone. You're like, no. Oh my God. I felt so bad. I did. You know, so, anyways. I had finally made up with them, and they were letting me interview some summer house folks, which I was so appreciative of. And uh, I remember talking to the lady before um, – I think it was before Luke came on the second time. And I was like, how are you guys doing? What are you – and she was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. And I was like, oh, amazing. And then she was like, yeah, just always um, – you know, just make sure you check with me or like, you know, it, it was obvious that she was the one giving approval to talk to these people. And I had already at that point talked to Taylor and I was like, oh, shit. Like we we mentioned Ultimate Girls Trip a bunch, but then I was like, oh, no, like I, I didn't want to ever have this be like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to be I wanted to play by the rules, even though I don't really do interviews. I don't think that are like I think they're juicy in the sense of like us humans are juicy. <laughs> juicy to talk to like i mean taylor has this amazing story and it always just blows me away when i get to share space i mean kind of with anybody but like especially these housewives you're just kind of like wow this is so cool on so many levels um and hopefully you get some joy hopefully you get some joy out of it too but uh so then i was like then i kept got then i just got really gun shy about releasing it and then you wait so long to release something and then you're like oh my god then she was like on another podcast and i was like oh i got to stay away from that one i didn't want to step on that person's toes you know and uh so we're finally getting it released because we're in june we're good now we're golden june 23rd real housewives ultimate girls trip i am so flipping excited Go get Peacock. I'm telling you. And also, you need to get Peacock because I think I mentioned this last week, but they took all of the Housewives episodes off of Hulu and put them over on Peacock. So you are no longer able to watch full episodes of Housewives, like past episodes, on Hulu. 
but you can watch them over on Peacock. So Peacock is playing a dirty game that just might work. Like, I'm just like, that is just, that is so crazy it might work because that would probably get people over there. I think Peacock is awesome. So anyways, we have her, but we're going to do some news stories up top. We're going to, you know, like what we do, we like to rap, rap with each other, like pull up a chair, folks. Let's rap. It's your boy, Bailey, the bad boy of podcasting. Uh, I, uh, I haven't showered yet today. Bad boy. I even hiked. And I, you know, when you're not around somebody for the entire day, like it is, it is one of the only kind of male things about me, actually, I think like, you know, like, you know, like kind of, you know, like <laughs> dirty, <laughs> like, yeah, I'll shower after the old pod. It doesn't matter. Nobody can smell me right now. I'm just a man just sitting here in my, oh, I'm starting to gross myself out. Okay. Um, really exciting news. Uh, here's the plugs. Um, uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Maritza just put up Monday's pop culture roundup with Sophie. If you want to look at me and Sophie while we talk about our Monday, somebody actually already commented, um, that Sophie looked different than they expected her to. And they like her more now. <laughs> that's so bizarre. Like that's such a great comment. Cause I was like, that is interesting. It's, you know, like how you picture people and then you see them and like, sometimes it makes it worse. And sometimes you're like, I like them more now. <laughs> I love that. So go over to the YouTube, subscribe for it, leave a comment, tell your friends. Uh, it's something we're hoping to do a lot more. Um, on there so support while we're getting going and trying to find our sea legs what it's all about it really helps and Meditza is making some amazing graphics and we uh she's been working on the uh the beverly hills one from this past friday and she put these graphics like at certain times i'll talk she'll put up a picture and it just makes the experience so much cooler and uh so i think that's going to be out this week too potentially right in time for this week's episode. But if not, it'll always be there. And if you want something in the background and watch me make silly faces and all of that shit, that is going to be there for you. I'm very excited. You'll get to see me laugh hysterically at the Garth Brooks. Uh, welcome to Facebook, which by the way, somebody sent me on a DM today with a new video, not of Garth, but of somebody else. And it had Garth Brooks vibes. And I think I might try it out on Friday and see if it can make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> um, other plugs uh, go follow me on Instagram if you don't already it's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey I'm still shadow banned so you have to literally type in so bad it's good with and then I think the account pops up now it's frustrating because I'll get messages every day or even somebody messaged me in one of my posts today going oh my god it took me forever to find you and that is like the biggest bummer ever because instagram has been such a great tool for getting this show out there and i am kind of just strangled right now so please if anybody works for meta or instagram or facebook or any of those companies and can help me out please i just want to argue my case to a real person at this point um I have no clue when it's going to be taken off. Uh, I thought July 18th, which is still like a month and, you know, 18 days away. God, can you believe we're in June? That's just so frightening on so many levels. Man, we just, we just started the new year the other day. What is going on? <laughs> um, okay, so Instagram is that. We got the YouTube. We're dominating with like the all of all of pop culture. We're trying to dominate here. Um, 
the other things is, okay, yeah, Splendid Spoon is our advertiser this week. They are a returning advertiser. I said this on Monday's show, and it was embarrassing, is that nobody used my product code, and I hate to um, I hate to beg. Like, I used to only do that uh, in regards to dating people. But um, if anybody needs uh, great food, use my Splendid Sp- Spoon product code, or actually just you go, go to SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad and just see if you like it. Maybe they keep track of who actually goes and i i don't know i that kind of stuff is beyond me but it's like one of the first times i've gotten like nobody used it and that was like that's that literally scared the bejesus out of me so hate to be desperate but times are what they are also in uh in you know in the same lane as desperation yesterday they did a feed drop on my thing about uh amazon presents which is another podcast and i did a little intro that whole episode is just it's like a commercial for amazon presents it's five minutes if you can do me a favor and listen to that it should have showed up in your feed if you're subscribed i'm not trying to overwhelm you but it is just five minutes from what i put out there uh it does help me and it helps other people advertise and this is something i want to keep doing um because right now i can make i'm like eking by a living you know like i'm right at that cusp of where i can pay bills um, it's not anything that I can uh, go crazy with or save anything and all that. And hopefully that'll come. That's what we're we're aiming for. But uh, it's just exciting that that at least, at least I'm not having to get a third job, you know? Uh, so those are the things that I ask of you. And I know that's a lot, but thank you guys for being the best uh, about that kind of stuff. And you guys listen to podcasts, so you know how this all rolls. I don't know, you know, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts anymore. So I don't know if other people beg like I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I have to do actually I have to do a commercial on my Instagram story tomorrow for Splendid Spoon. Like, because I was like, I really want to make sure somebody signs up. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, like I, I, I can't wait for the day where like, I where you have more control over things. It's not like I don't have say because I actually love Splendid Spoon, but just in terms of like, you know, like the fear. You know, the fear that you're going to get fired or the fear you're going to get let go or the fear that you're not um, you're not breaking through or you're not built, you know, and all signs point to that, that none of that is true. I am building an audience. I'm doing all of this stuff, but I'm so I've had so many decades of like negative thought patterns in my head that it will just I'll spin out on these things. You know, I don't know if you guys can be like that, too. I hope so. <laughs> I hope you feel the pain I feel sometimes, but I'll just, I'll just all of a sudden get really scared. And then you'll be like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so behind the ball. Like I started this so late in life. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm going to be kicked out of podcasting. They're going to fire me. Never let me podcast again. You really, I like, I take it that far where I'm like, I've got to hang up the mic. The cops are going to come and take my mics tomorrow. Except for the one I've hidden in my pants. <laughs> oh, Ryan, that's another horrible joke. I'll leave that in though. Um, Okay, so I think that is all of the be- we got the begging out of the way. Perfect. Now on to the fun stuff, news stories. Uh, real quick, I mean, how how many days do you think we waste typing in passwords? Uh, I ju- I I was having to my YouTube TV app wasn't working here, and I had it, it, keep <laughs> like just keep. Re- re-entering an email address and a password 
And you uh, just thinking like, it's not even that it's like everything, like everything is password. Like if heaven exists and, and any of us are lucky to get there, I'm scared there's going to be a password. Cause there's always that moment where you don't fucking know your password. Like you, th- there's people that have these like password systems and all that stuff. That's not me. And that's the majority of people are not, they don't, everybody's like, no, I have a password. I don't like everybody has a password system except for me. And then it's like, I just spend so many days, like it's embarrassing where I get the password, I get my own password wrong. And then you, you find out the password and you're like, ah, oh, it was just, it was like, I was supposed to be a capital letter instead of a little number. And now I had to change the whole password. And you, you, you kind of feel bad for your past self that you know, <laughs> had to do this the last time. And then you, if you have one of these Macs or iPhones, they say they save it, you know, in the iCloud. But then my those fuckers sometimes don't save mine. And I'm like, I remember it said saved and now it's not saved. But I got to figure that's another thing. I would love to know the tabulation at the end of all of our lives. Exactly how much time spent doing that. Like, don't you ever wonder just the small amounts of time, what they add up to over the course of a lifetime? Like the heaven machine, if it exists... I, I mean, like, I want to know things like how many times I've listened to the song Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. Like, wouldn't you want to know? How, like, just little facts, factoids like that. I think that would be fascinating. And that's, I don't know. That's I, I was thinking about that today. I went out and hiked. I was like, you got to get out and you got to move, move this body. You're just inside uh, watching TV, which is usually like a joy. But I went out and then I was just wondering things like that's that's my alone time is when I'm hiking. And I was listening to Kendrick Lamar's new album, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, which is an hour and 17 minutes long. And I was waiting for the right time to listen to that album because I knew it was going to be intense. Kendrick Lamar is just a wordsmith, like a wordsmith. And, you know, it's not one of those like, hey, let's pump, let's put the new Kendrick on and drive down to the beach for a fun, flirty holiday weekend. No, it was like, I knew it was going to be intense, but I wanted to listen to it and just kind of listen to how he attacks things. It's what I think like kind of a modern day poet is and really powerful, powerful stuff. Some of these songs, um, if you're in, if you, if you want to like think big thoughts and kind of hear uh, what this man has gone through. I would recommend the album, but it's not one of those things. I'd be like, you got to jack this before you go out Saturday night. It is, it's a fun one. (laughs) No, but I was really, really glad to finally listen to it. And I know he was getting, he was uh, getting a lot of uh, guff. (laughs) Is that the word? Uh, Because there was a song on it. I believe it's called anti issues or, uh, and it's uh, about how his, uh, his aunt, uh, is a transsexual and he was using the wrong verbiage in it. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, but he was, he was telling the story of a kid growing up and watching his family go through this. And so I was kind of like, from that perspective, I found it very powerful, but then you hear all of these people like saying, well, it's not this and this, that, and this and that. And I I was expecting to be more outraged when I heard this song and I would love to speak to, um, a transsexual to kind of get their opinion on it. That's who's listened to it because I was, I really want to understand these things. I, I really do like to understand when things are wrong and, and why they're wrong. But I thought it was a powerful message because overall it was a positive message. Um, 
um, that I thought like somebody like Kendrick can make great strides for the community he represents. And, um, you know, always sometimes that it has been a closed off community in some ways to, to these kind of issues. And so I thought overall, I was like, this is a positive message, but I could be wrong. And, um, it was something that I'm still going to be thinking about. Cause I, I just keep thinking about that. I don't know, but, uh, it was really a powerful album and I wanted to bring that up also because I had just finished watching the George Carlin two-part documentary, uh, on HBO max called George Carlin's American dream, uh, produced by Judd Apatow. And it's another one where you just realize George Carlin, the comedian, a stand-up, you guys. I don't know if you remember him, but just uh, an amazing wordsmith. And it, you know, started off his career, you know, as kind of like a singing weatherman back in the day, back in like, what was it, the 40s or something. And to watch this man's career where he kind of um, turned into like the counterculture where he grew his hair long, started smoking weed, started talking against the government. And it was really really fascinating to see how many changes his career went through and how much he loved doing what he did of finding the right words at the right time to get the right reaction and and to say some universal truths that still blew what blew me away you guys it was i was listening to him speak uh, I think it was in the 70s about the Vietnam War and I guys I know this isn't a political podcast and that's but I what 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 shocked and saddened me was that just realize how many of this how many of these things are cyclical you know how i always say pop culture is cyclical it seems like troubled times are cyclical too you know is that we have been going through difficult times since the beginning of time and uh which kind of gives you hope in some way because you're like okay maybe things aren't as bad as i think they are you know or maybe we're just confronted with them so much more because we have so much at our grasp we have our little computers in our hands all the time or always something in our ears thank you so much do not turn this podcast off um but it it, it struck me as some of these thoughts were the same things that we say to this day you know about uh government and about just the way we live our lives and the way you know it's weird. Like some of these actually big organizations get in the way of us communicating of us actually like of us realizing we have more in common than we don't, or at least that's what I'm going to continue to believe. But if that is up your alley, I, I highly recommend it. It's two parts. It's excellent on HBO max, George Carlin's American dream. Okay. Some other recommendations. This was really exciting. Your boy got to see Real Housewives of Dubai, which premieres tonight, folks, after Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Bravo. They are not putting it on Peacock. I mean, it'll be on Peacock as well, but it's on Bravo. Real Housewives of Dubai. You already know Caroline Stansberry from Ladies of London, but you get to meet all of these new ladies. And I was I kind of went into it watching it today like, eh. I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. And by the end, I really dug it. Like, I really dug it. I think you guys are going to... I'm so excited for you guys to see it so you can tell me if you dug it or not. Um, and uh, I, I really thought it was... I, I'm kind of... I'm not allowed to say specific plot points until the embargo lifts, which is tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Um, but it was... I mean, it, it was fancy in a way and shot in a way that's very reminiscent of Beverly Hills, but almost to the next level where you're like, okay, this is real opulence. This is real wealth. Like, and, uh, you know, I, I did a news story on 
Monday's episode talking about Andy Cohen and Bravo being in hot water with a lot of human rights organizations because of Dubai's policies. Now, they do kind of touch on those very slightly. And now I'm realizing probably the reason, or at least in my opinion, the reason why, because I was like, this is not bad. Why didn't they like hit the promo trail hard with this? Because it's like it looks expensive as all hell. It looks way more expensive than other housewives shows. Maybe not Beverly Hills, but the uh, like it looks all the money is there up on screen. Like the even the cutaway shots, the shots of their like shoes, like it was all like it seemed very high production, but I'm realizing they probably didn't promo it a lot because Maybe they knew it was going to kind of cause a little bit of controversy because it was in Dubai. So why not just get it out? They realize they have something good on their hands and see where it takes them. I mean, that is just a guess, an uneducated guess, but somebody that follows pop culture because it's not bad, you guys. In fact, it's the opposite. It's really good. It sets up some really good relationships. Um, You know, I don't know. I find myself really, I think when you get stuck into Lisa Rinna, Erica Jane land, like you get so tired sometimes of those ladies that it is a breath of fresh air to meet new ones. <laughs> like, don't forget about me. Don't worry, Lisa, we won't. We've got a story about you coming up. Um, so it was, uh, I don't know. I really highly recommend it. I can't, I'm really excited for you guys to see it because I want to know if I'm crazy or not, which, you know, don't answer that. But I, I do want to know because I really enjoyed it and I think you will too. Um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I remember the premiere of that. I liked it. I thought Realizes of Salt Lake City, that premiere was good of season one, but this even takes it to another level of just the wealth and, you know, and things like uh, Salt Lake City, I was impressed because it was like, okay, wow, they're really using religion in Utah as a backdrop. And we really necessarily haven't seen that in Housewives before, but with Dubai, it's like, I don't know Dubai. Like I've not studied a lot about Dubai. I'm not familiar with it. So it's like this crash course in a land that I have no clue of. That seems like it has a lot of different rules. It's 120 degrees over there. You know, it seems like it's a man-made location and like 88% of the people uh, of the population of Dubai are expats. So it's mainly people from all over the world that call Dubai home, which I found interesting as well. And it's just supposedly one of the wealthiest places uh, in the entire world. So I'll be very interested. The 120 degrees thing kind of like, do you ever do that where you'll watch something and you'll immediately, like they'll tell you the temperature and then you'll immediately start getting hot watching it. You're like, oh, damn, got to get a wet towel or something. You know, there's actually one scene where they have to throw ice into a pool just to cool down the pool so the kids can play. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that's not a rig. I don't think I'll get in trouble for that. Anyways. Um, okay. I'm going to stop talking, but I thought it was great. I also, your boy got to, uh, <laughs> your boy got to see the season premiere of Southern Charm. He's got na na. He's got magazine. Doop doop. <laughs> uh, honey, honeybee. Doop doop doop. I can't do this. Yeah, but I love the theme song to Southern Charm. Doop 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 doop. I'm not managing to sing any of it properly. There we go. It's easy. as So I can't talk about that for another couple of weeks. I'm hoping to talk to some Southern Charm cast members this season. In fact, I don't think I have. Uh, probably won't be able to speak to Craig or Austin. 
this and we'll see what happens. Um, all I can say is pages, uh, pages in the first episode. And I, uh, it was another one that I really liked. I really enjoyed watching Southern charm. Um, so those are two things that I'm excited to cover and talk about with you guys when they come out. And I wanted to give a shout just to let you guys know that is coming out. So prepare. And then the other thing, I watched two other things today. Um, through Amazon, the the fine folks over at Amazon, because I had done the Lulu Row documentary. I'd interviewed the uh, creators of Lula Rich, which I love that documentary. Remember that when we did that? Um, so they'll still like, um, you know, send me emails of like, you have access to watch this or you have access to watch that. And they gave me access to watch the first episode of the new season of The Boys. Now, The Boys is season three. It's produced by Seth Rogen and uh, his producing partner, uh, Evan Goldberg, I believe. Um, I think I got that right. But it's, I don't know. It's a little, it's very dark. It's a very dark comedy. It's, I don't know if it's up your guys' alley, but I love the first two seasons. I thought it was hysterical, dark. It's uh, about superheroes that are kind of, uh, work for a corporation called Vought, and it's like, you know, big, but they also, they're superheroes that actually have superpowers, but they also film movies, and it just shows, like, Vought is kind of like Disney. It's like, you know, they have, like, Vought um, theme parks and Vought movies, and it was, but season three is Excellent. I thought it was a great first episode. I'm excited to see the rest of the season. And that comes out, I believe, in two days, if that is your cup of tea at all. Which, by the way, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first two episodes premiered last week. I know we got some geeks in the audience, so that's why I'm bringing it up. And also, I'm just kind of a geek. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to see more. They had the Star Wars celebration this weekend where they kind of like show off all their wares and all that stuff because they invested billions into Star Wars when they bought it from George Lucas, Disney. And so they are getting every, <laughs> they're squeezing every dime they can out of the Star Wars universe, which is cool. Like if they do it well, I'm okay. The only thing that's weird in some of these, like there was like a chase scene between little Leah and these people. And it's like the chase scenes kind of seem really horrible. It's like a guy running funny behind this little girl. Like I always like, you could make this a little, little more exciting. I think I, if you guys saw it, I think, you know what I mean? And then finally, and this is really, so how do I explain? So Jeff Lewis, you guys remember flipping out. Jeff, Zoila, the whole works. Um, it was one of my favorite shows on Bravo. Like, I don't know. I've always, I've always loved Jeff Lewis. I just think he is my kind of snarky. Like he's a snarky, he, he, he's the kind of snarky that he has confidence in his snarkiness. Sometimes I don't have confidence in my snarkiness. Like he can back up his snarkiness. I don't know if I can back up mine. And I've always admired that. Plus he actually has a real skill. Like he can do all this other shit. Um, so that, you know, if I could do, if I could like play guitar, I could probably have a lot more confidence in my snarkiness. Anyways, it was very sad when Flipping Out was uh, done with, even though he does a daily show for Sirius XM, which is like my next kind of vision board goal is to be able to work with Jeff in some capacity or talk to him or, you know, so that is actually on my vision board. But I'm so excited because he has a new show and I want to get this right because it's through Amazon, but Amazon bought, um, Amazon bought um, IMDB TV. Now IMDB is in the international movie database, which, uh, they've brought up on real housewives of Atlanta this year. If you guys are fans of Atlanta, which how dare you not air a new episode of Atlanta this week, Bravo. So they took the Amazon bought IMDB TV and made it 
a new streaming service called Freevee, F-R-E-E-V-E-E. And Jeff Lewis is going to be, his new show is called Hollywood House Lift with Jeff Lewis. And it's a Freevee original. And uh, the first three episodes comes out, uh, I believe, June 6th. So it comes out next week. And I watched the first episode of that today. And you guys, it's literally flipping out. I was so thrilled because I love flip. Like, Zoila is in it, you guys. Like, I mean, it, 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 it you know, it, he's going over to celebrities' homes and like, he goes over to Vilmer, Vol- Wilmer, Valder. How do you say Vilmer, Valderrama? Fucking uh, Wilmer, Wilmer, Valderrama. He's over like, and then the, the comedian fortune Feimster, uh, Feimster. And it was just great. It was so good to have his show back. And I really feel that's Bravo's loss because to me, Jeff Lewis is a part of Bravo. And I'm glad he's on radio. Andy, uh, Andy Cohen's serious channel. So at least he's connected there, but Guys, it is the same show, so I am giving one of my highest recommendations for that. It's worth potentially getting the app. Like I, I it really, I was like, oh, because it's going to be like an, uh, I think it's like a nine episode season, so really, really worth it. And they're airing the first three uh, next week, so that is something to look out for uh, as well. Uh, God, so much good stuff out there. It's so exciting. Okay, now let's get to uh, let's get to some craziness now. I don't even know how do you how do you talk about a problem like Lisa Rinna? How do you how do you even comprehend what this lady why this lady feels so pressed at all times? Like it is wild. So let me try to explain this in a way. It's you know what the frustrating thing is like I always say, if you're a celebrity, you feel like you wouldn't get baited so much by like peons or Kelly Dodd. Like you wouldn't allow yourself to get baited because you're like, you know what, I'm on TV, I have a job, I don't need to worry about this. Yet every time it almost makes me think Lisa's like guilty of some something huge because she's so on top of it. She's like, she's like ready to go. If anybody says anything, she's ready to go back. And it's like, girl, you don't have to do this. You're Lisa Rinna. Like that would be, I would think the only advantage of being Lisa Rinna is you, I mean, you obviously have a rap problem, so that's not a good advantage, but the advantage you have is that you don't have to involve yourself with petty people, you know? And listen, you guys know, I'm not the biggest Kelly Dodd fan at all. Kelly Dodd to me, like, I like Teresa Giudici in the sense that I, I really admire what she did for the show and has done for the show. And I respect uh, what a, what an amazing mother she is. And the, the you know, went to print. Like, what a story. Kelly Dodd, on the other hand, because people will sometimes compare Kelly and Teresa. And I only see them being compared in the sense that when you fight with them, they don't get it. It's like fighting with a brick wall. There's like, Dah! and like, you could tell the synapses are not connected. They're not firing the same way they fire for us. Um, but other than that, I don't have a lot of respect for Kelly Dodd. Kelly Dodd's one of those funny people that she's like, I'm sure fun to have a couple drinks with. And that's it. It's like one of those people of like, oh shit, I didn't give her my number. Did I like, you know, you'd go out with her and like a group of girl, like you're like, oh shit, that was a blast. I have a horrible hangover. I didn't give Kelly Dodd my phone number. Did I? And you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. So you, that's to me what Kelly Dodd is. So anyways, Kelly Dodd. Like, this is what I want. I want to warn all the housewives. I wish there was some housewives newsletter that Bravo put out to their employees just warning them about certain things. Like, yo, once you get off the show, 
you're going to be desperate to get back on the show. And, you know, these people, you're going to, they're going to, they're going to try to get information out of you. They're going to try to engage with you because they want their names out there so bad. They want that page six attention. They're going to do everything in their power. They might start a YouTube channel. They might start a podcast called two T's in the pod. They might do a lot of things because they want it. Did they ever think they were going to like sit around talking about housewives? No, they thought they were going to be the housewives. But what I even love about Taylor today's interview, like Taylor went off and had a life. She raised her daughter. She got remarried. She kind of had this. And now she's coming back after all of this time, which I thought was like amazing. Like that's the way to do it. And, uh, but it's like, I mean, the, the biggest examples for me right now are Tamara, Teddy and Kelly. And I know, uh, Taylor's really good friends with Tamara. And should we talk about that? And I know she's friendly with Vicky in a sense. Um, but these ladies, they just try to get information out of their friends who are housewives. And then they literally bust them out either on the podcast or on social media. So Kelly Dodd like, literally says, like, talked about that Lisa Rinna was a beard for Harry Hamlin. And then she went on to say, oh my God, my daughter asked me what a beard was and I had to explain to her it was, you know, somebody that covered up, uh, you know, for a gay man in a relationship. So she was, uh, which by the way, we've talked about this time and time again. I think it is the kind of stupidest joke about Harry Hamlin, like of that he potentially like, I, I we've talked about this. I don't know if he is or isn't. And also, I don't know if I, like, it wouldn't change my opinion of Rinna. You know, like, I think Rinna's kind of just awful as a friend, but I don't truthfully care. And like, also we know relationships enough these days where I have a feeling if he, I mean, obviously likes women to some degree, we've been with a lot of beautiful ones, but also listen, Harry could be a switch hitter. Like they could have a complete agreement, which listen, we're, if any of you guys are following that Mormon TikTok drama with the, the wives and the husbands and the soft swinging and the swapping and all of that stuff, which I will have, I'll break that down for you guys on Thursday. I have a little surprise for you, but, um, we know that relationships have a lot of ins and outs and Rinna is very protective of that relationship. So it could be that they have an in and out, but honestly, I don't care because I still like Harry regardless. I don't care what Harry puts anywhere because I'm like, I dig that dude. He likes to, he likes to take solo camping trips. He likes to plant his garden. He likes to stay far away from Lisa. Like I'm pretty much the same way. Um, but Lisa, like Lisa could have just looked at that and go, oh, okay, that's, what Kelly does is says really offensive things in hopes of getting attention. And now we're here talking about her. So it worked, you know, and she's hoping to get in page six because dude, there's not a lot of money coming in, you know, like, and, and her poor, her poor husband, who's like bought in her bullshit hook, line and sinker. And we've had his daughter on this podcast who I love. And by the way, who just got married a couple weeks ago, congratulations. And her dad didn't, wasn't invited. And of course, Kelly had to make a huge statement about this. And then Rick stood up for Kelly, not his daughter. And was saying like how nobody likes his daughter. Everybody kind of loves his daughter. His daughter's flipping awesome. I think her name is Veronica Leventhal. Like, awesome, awesome girl. Like, really, really funny, really gets it. Like, I've always had, like, she did two pods with me, and I thought she was amazing. But also, the work she does is incredible and is somebody that thinks way outside of themselves, which Kelly thinks about herself nonstop. Um, 
And this, by the way, has nothing to do with politics. Uh, what I'm talking about, Kelly, I think you guys know, like Kelly is very insular in her thinking. Um, But I was just shocked. So Kelly does this. She likes to, you know, like, which I find like Bravo is like contractually, Bravo needs to add some kind of thing of like, if you ever do want to get back on the show, don't pull shit like this unless they secretly like it, which I can't imagine they do because I just think it causes so many issues. So anyways, Kelly said this in these comments about Lisa being Harry's beard. And then Lisa, <laughs> Lisa woke up and made a meme of the, you know, you know, that we talk, you know, we don't talk about the husbands. Remember on the trip with uh, Kim Richards and she put a beard. I don't, she couldn't have done this. Maybe somebody Photoshopped it for a beard over her face. And it was like to Kelly Dodd. And, and it's funny, but like, yo, don't, you don't have to do that. Lisa, like Lisa, come on, man, step into your power. Like you, you know, you always say how powerful you are, how much you own it all, oh, blah, 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 blah. But don't fucking argue with fools. Like, it would be like arguing with me. Don't argue with me. Don't argue with Kelly. Argue with one of your castmates. Argue with Sutton. Argue with somebody on that level. Don't argue with somebody that's just desperate to stay in the news cycle. I feel like you just got, like, fucking, like, played. Like, does anybody else know what I'm talking? Does anybody else feel that? Like, I don't think it's funny. I'm like, I'm thinking it's like you you lost. Even when you win, you lose in that scenario. Even when you think you're like, oh, snap, I got a good one. It's not that good. Because at the end of the day, Lisa, you still have a job. Kelly doesn't. Like, don't do that. You're showing, you're you're coming down to her level. It does not work. You don't need to punch down. You don't need to do that. And it's very rare when I stick up for Lisa Rinna. But then Lisa Rinna even goes crazier than that. And she posts a picture of her T.I.T., the titties, the tit, the boobs, the tits. She's all greased up and all that. And here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Great boobs. Great, great boobs. And listen, this is what I thought about on the hike, too. Not just her, I thought about a lot, like the password thing. I thought about that. But I thought I was like, Ryan, you know what? We, we, we really dislike Rena with a great intensity, a great white, hot, burning intensity. But great boobs. And I think you guys can all tell that I'm growing as a person when I say that. And I thank you. I mean, you're, you know, I don't, I don't need anybody to clap for me, but thank you. I realize I'm growing as a person that I can say that she does have nice boobs, or at least in that photo, uh, very oiled up, which is how boobs should really be at all times is just oiled up. <laughs> this is a family podcast but also what like lisa it's just like lisa pick a lane girl you're trying to distract so much that it really makes me think you have a dead body somewhere like chill out lisa nobody's going it's like she got all the adderall like it's like she's got all the adderall over at her beverly hills apartment and she is on it like she's like i'm gonna respond to everybody i'm gonna throw so much shit out there and then she goes let's be clear nobody comes for harry hamlin <laughs> and it's like girl do not try to get sympathy from us for harry um because we already all love harry like you don't need to convince us to love harry i think we're all on board that we love harry you on the other hand you're suspect you're suspect now in tomorrow night's episode, I believe we are dealing with potentially the loss of Lisa's mother. Uh, now, that is something that I will never, 
ever, ever. Like that is just, I, Lois seemed like such an amazing lady. And I really do. My heart does go out to Lisa if that is what we're seeing tomorrow night. And I cannot imagine what it will be like for her to watch that back. But this other bullshit, totally different. Uh, but I will always empathize and sympathize with anybody that loses any of their family because, unfortunately, none of us escape that. And it just even me thinking about that just breaks me up. So then I have to think about Lisa's oiled up boobs again. Ah, damn it. Damn it. You know what? The only thing, too, is and I know a lot of people in my audience probably have short hair. I like longer hair. And I don't. Like she, I like wigs, but like she, she ruined wigs for me a lot. Like you don't have to name every wig. Just say, this is my, I'm Lisa and this is one of my wigs. You know, this is Lisa too. You don't have like, this is Veronica and this, but no, this is Lisa. This is my wig. I'm Lisa and this is my wig. (sighs) Then I got scared once Lisa got a lot of attention for that boob shot. I was like, oh my God, I feel like we're like a day away from Teddy Mellencamp giving us a butthole shot, you know, like <laughs> Lisa got some attention. <laughs> Maybe I could. <laughs> oh my God. Did you also see that thing that Teddy said? <laughs> Teddy said that Sutton Strack called her and Erica white trash. <laughs> I don't know if she said that Sutton said that, or she thinks Sutton thinks it regardless. Sutton is becoming a legend. <laughs> like, my God, I was like, Damn, Sutton. Like, all of a sudden, oh, my God, did you guys see today the photo? They all, Sutton, Garcelle, and Denise Richards all at lunch, smiling like they didn't have a care in the world. You guys, whoever orchestrated whatever this, and then Crystal even commented, everybody looks like, but yeah, you know. And that's what I was like. Maybe that's also why Lisa oiled up her boobs and, like, took a shot. Like, because I was just like, this is wild. Like, could this almost makes it worth all the shit that Lisa did to Denise. If I can, in my head, think that we might have, that we might have a, uh, like that, 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 that we might get revenge. (laughs) What, what is that God thing? You know, when God said to get revenge on people that hurt you, like that was so exciting, that photo. And I usually don't care when housewives hang out with each other. I was like, ah, but then I was like the implications of that. And how unbothered they all looked. And I was like, they really don't believe in the power of Lisa and Eric anymore. And I love it. I love it. Very exciting to see what comes out of that. So that is uh, some Beverly Hills news. Very. Also, would you guys like to hear me do an interview with Brandy Glanville? I don't know. I, are you? In, but it, it was so funny. It's like, I, I, if anybody knows Brandy, like, I feel like her People don't know who I am, I guess, or, you know, which is like, that's fine. But I'm like, it would be potentially a great interview. And I get decent numbers and I think they're probably comparable to what she gets. So I, I don't know, like, I like, that seems like a no brainer, but I, would you guys even want to hear that? Let me know. Uh, if anybody knows her, let her know to, to come on too. Um, okay. Some more stuff. Let's, uh, let's step away from Bravo for one sec before we come back to Bravo. Um, is okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Margaret, Margaret Qualley, who is the daughter of Andy McDowell, got engaged to Jack Antonoff, uh, a couple days ago. Now, Jack Antonoff is the lead singer of Bleachers. He was the drummer in the band Fun, if you remember them. And he also is pretty much the most prolific music producer that works with young females in the business, uh, ever. I mean, Taylor Swift, uh, has worked with her so much. Uh, Lord, who uh, 
is incredible. I mean, he did the new uh, Claro ad, uh, Claro ad album, which I love. A beautiful album. Really amazing producer. He's almost he's almost so prolific that it's like you make this seem so easy that I'm like it almost takes the specialness out of it. It's almost like there's so much good TV right now that it almost makes you think making good TV is easy, and you know it's not. But you're like, how does this dude get involved with so many amazing women? But so this Margaret Qualley, though, that he's engaged to, now she has a very, she's a very young girl. Andy McDowell's daughter, like I said, really talented actress in her own right. Um, she had a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I mean, just so many other projects already as well. But guess what? She dated Pete Davidson. Yeah. And guess what? She also dated Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf? LaBeouf? She has a very, you know, she's only 27 years old. Um, I thought she was younger, actually. She looks younger than that. Um, but this is, you know, and Jack Antonoff, remember, he was with um, Lena, Dun- Lena Dunham. Um, so that it was, and remember, there was always rumors that he was with Lord, but then nothing like turned out to be. Um, oh, yeah, she's in that um, show Made, M-A-I-D as well, that a lot of people said was awesome. I think that's on Netflix. So this is interesting. What do you guys think about this? It's, it's, uh, I don't know, Margaret Qualley and Jack Antonoff engaged. When somebody's that young, and I know, I think it's weird. You go through those phases when you're young where you're like, oh, I need to get married by when I'm 25, by I'm like 25 or something. And then you get out of that and you're like, oh, okay, I actually don't have to get married. It's probably better if I don't. But then you get in your 30s and then you're like, okay, now I have to get, you've got to go in phases of like who Oh, but that's what, that's the other thing I was thinking about on that. God, this is weirdly, always these podcasts turn out weirdly confessional. And I don't know if that's hard for people that just are starting listening to be like, why is this guy oversharing? But if you're new, just it's what I do. Um, I was hiking and I was, I think about death all the time. I don't know if you guys do, and I'm not trying to be morbid. Um, but you know, I, I think about it and I think. I, I was thinking that I'm not married and who's going to be like, if I get sick, I was thinking about this. Like, I don't have kids. I'm not married. Who's like, if I get sick all of a sudden, who's in charge of me? <laughs> like who's in charge? Like I'm in charge of myself. So then I'm like, okay, well then I'll die quicker if I'm in charge of myself. But like almost then it's like, do I put unfair pressure on my friends if I'm not like, do I need to get married like ASAP? So then when I eventually do get sick, that this is such a dark thought, but this is a truly what I was thinking about today was that it, I'll be just an unfair burden on my friends. And a lot of my friends had kids over COVID. So then they're already, you know, do you guys ever think about that? Like, do you ever think about like who's in Who's in control of me? And then after I'm gone, like, is anybody in control of this podcast? Does anybody, does anybody, like, who's, do, like, Medita, do I give her the controls? And then, like, she, like, edits, like, fart noises into these things, even more fart noises into these things? Like, who's in, does it, the, the, does the podcast just disappear? I'm guessing this is what it will. And now I'm realizing now my mom's like, this is why you do it well. Okay, I don't even need to bother you guys with this, but I was just thinking that, you know, okay, it's like Jack Antonoff. Now, if he gets sick or if Margaret Wally gets sick, the others are in charge of the flow of, you know, who gets to see this person when they're sick. I know this is such a dark thought, but like, I really, truly, you got to pick somebody that your friends like, right? Because a lot of friends don't like, you know, we, we sometimes don't like our friends' partners. 
You know, you've had that over the years, not even who they marry, but who they date. And you're like, oh, I stopped talking to this girl because didn't get along with her boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. But in essence, you kind of want that person because you want to be able to have everybody be like kind of a happy family. I don't, I don't, for some reason, Jack Antonoff and, and Margaret Qualley got me thinking about that. But also it just seems like she was with a lot of intense people because we know Pete is Pete, but Shia LaBeouf, she was with him even after all of the ac- accusations and allegations came out about, uh, about him. Remember, uh, about abuse towards women. Uh, remember the singer, <sighs> sorry, I just blessed, bless me. Um, the the uh, amazing singer that he was dating for a long time, uh, her name is FKA Twigs. I don't know. I don't think that's her real name, but it's her stage name. She's a beautiful singer. She also dated Rob Pattinson, which is and now Rob Pattinson is with Suki Waterhouse. Suki Waterhouse is a great actor and also has a song, uh, an album out. Um, and Suki Waterhouse before that dated Bradley Cooper. What a tangled celebrity web we weave, isn't it? Isn't that fascinating? Which, by the way, did you guys get, see those pictures of Bradley Cooper in character makeup for he's doing the Leonard uh, Bernstein, the composer. Uh, he's doing a biopic of his life that he's also directing, but he was in old age makeup and he looked really – that Bradley Cooper can be anybody. He can be the – man, I, I just want him to play the Star is Born character again, like maybe a prequel or something. Like I always say, just some of the best beard work I've ever ever uh seen in my life like i still reminisce about the beard that he uh not the beard like the harry hamlin beard but the beard he wore in a star is born like i you know gaga was great in that but bradley cooper's beard not even bradley cooper so much but that beard and those lines of hey as i take that lady hey as i take that lady like it was just so good so good I'm off topic again. Um, but Margaret Qualley having dated those kind of like troubled men, which I guess you could argue that all men are troubled. LOL. Uh, but uh, Jack Antonoff seems kind of like a nerdy, nice guy, except there is one. I always make fun of Jack Antonoff. I mean, for a couple of reasons. But there, uh, Disney Plus had uh, Taylor Swift's Folklore, where uh, the uh, Aaron Dessner, uh, the other producer, and, and – uh, musician and and Jack Antonoff and Taylor Swift were in the woods playing the folklore album and Jack Antonoff was just getting way too into it in like a tiny cabin where he's like just jamming I'm like we get it dude you're into it man we get it Taylor loves you man um so I don't know but when I see 27 I know that's old to some which is just frightening in so many ways to hear um but I always go huh 27 that's really young like how how long how long are we betting on that? How long how long we do, th- do we think that's going to go all the way? And all the way means marriage. Like I think they'll do we think they'll get married? Do we think uh, do we think they'll be together for the rest of their lives? Maybe that's the better question to ask you guys. Do we think Margaret Qualley, the actor, and Jack Antonoff, the producer and musician, will be together for the rest of their lives? That's what I'm thinking about. Hmm. Also in in engagement marriage news, Maritza wanted me to uh, read this story. Mama June, you guys know Mama June, the mama to Honey Boo Boo, Mary's boyfriend, Justin Shroud. The Mama June Road to Redemption star reportedly wed boyfriend of less than a year, Justin Stroud, at a Georgia courthouse on March 23rd. March 23rd? This news just got announced today, May 31st. Now, I'm not crazy with math. I'm not good with math, but March, April, May... 
It's like two months and a week. That's pretty much as long as I held that Taylor interview. Even, I don't know, but so they got married at March 23rd. E! News and Entertainment Tonight confirmed via the Wilkinson County Court Office that the two were married. Now, this is actually, I kind of want a documentary on E! News and Entertainment Tonight both trying to break down this news story. Like, E! News and Entertainment Tonight confirmed? Like, were they like... Okay, you, Entertainment Tonight, you go to the courthouse. Now, E! News, you're going to go, like, I love that this was, like, double-teamed. Like, they couldn't have, you know, not one news outlet had to break the story. We had a, two at the same time. I just wonder how they divvied up the, uh... Anyways, it, uh, it says, We've known each other going on a year now. We were best friends, and we decided to take it to the next step in the last eight months, she told The Sun, of her engagement to the auto mechanic. He would send these sweet messages saying... Hey, how are you doing? Hope you're having an amazing day. He would send these sweet messages like, "Hey, it's me." <laughs> he would send these he would send these sweet messages like, "What's up?" <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> yeah, he would send these sweet messages <laughs> like, "Yo, what up?" <laughs> it's me, Justin Stroud. <laughs> may i call you june or no please call me mama june um she said you know the little stuff that's what made me fall for justin she continued justin is an amazing person and he understands everything i've been going through she has if you watch road to redemption on we tv she's gone through a lot um i've been able to share stuff with him that i've never been able to share with other people oh god i pray to god that's not butt stuff um not even my kids. And so, and so it's really nice to have that partnership. It is. Love is nice. Um, in 2014, Shannon was linked to convicted sex offender Mark McDaniel, which prompted the cancellation of her TLC series, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Okay, so right off the bat, Justin's already better than convicted sex offender Mark McDaniel. So already... Already, he's like Romeo. That same year, June's daughter, Anna, revealed that she was a victim of... Jeez, are you kidding me? I... What? She told people that he... Oh, God. Fucking... That's horrible. Ah, I wasn't counting on that. Okay, in 2019, while dating boyfriend Gino Doke... Shannon was arrested on charges of possession of a controlled substance and drug paraphernalia after she allegedly had crack cocaine and a crack pipe on her. Doak was also arrested and charged with third-degree domestic violence possession. She later admitted she and Doak had a $2,500 a day meth addiction. How expensive is meth? Is that like, I thought meth was like cheap, but I guess, wow. In August 2020, Shannon revealed on Instagram she was six months sober, writing, it's probably the most thing I'm proud of. Man, I hope you're still sober. That's so amazing. If you're sober, I hope you truly are. And that's, I hope you did find love. I hope all of this is real. He sounds amazing with the, hey, what up messages. So hopefully that's all true. I want the, that's, you know, if you can fight past a drug addiction and all that, just horror. It's so weird though, is that that's very, isn't that a very reality show thing that we do in this culture is that we highlight these families that are just there's horror going on. Like we, I remember watching honey boo boo the first season it came out. Um, like that was, it was like the little people, big world, honey boo boo kind of er- era for me 
which it's so sad. The little people, big world, the roll-off farms is closing down. Remember the trebuchet and the guy that, I think his name was Mike, that got hurt? Like, I, I watched all that shit when I was, like, married. and Like, I, I like, literally, like, this is before I was on the internet or, like, this is before any of, this is before you guys were just a twinkle in my eye. I was watching all this shit, but I remember that Honey Boo Boo, and they would make spaghetti, and it was just, like, Mama taught me how to make it, and it was just sketty, and it would, they would just put, like, a tub of um country crock butter and noodles and they were like i just remember like more butter and i you know just more butter and then they put ketchup on the spaghetti and it was uh i mean i've got to tell you though then sometimes i was like should i put butter on my spaghetti but it was i just remember going like this is this is why like but i was like this is good tv i've never seen anything like this but then you're like, oh shit, like we now have to, and, and I'm, I'm right once again, we now have to know about these people for the rest of our lives. We have to feel bad for these people. We have to make sure they're okay. We have to watch them and encourage them to get past their drug addictions and their horrible relationships. And it's like, man, we're barely hanging on by a thread ourselves. We're trying to get into relationships ourselves and we're worried about mama. And, uh, I mean like worried if honey boo boo's going to grow up. Okay. But it looks like that's a, at the end of the day, that's a feel good story. Um, also, Matthew Morrison, did you see this, you guys? Matthew Morrison, who, of course, his claim to fame is playing uh, the teacher, Mr. Shoe, on Glee, which I, I watched the first couple seasons of Glee and really liked it. And it's one of those shows that I don't know why I stopped watching. Like, I don't know why, but all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, yeah, they, they, sing the songs okay yeah i get it like i just stopped watching but i remember really digging it and it was those things do you remember it was back when i had tivo not a dvr and not asking if you remember that specific time in my life but i'm sure we all had where you had limited space on your tivo or dvr and i remember i remember you would make those real intense calls you know where you're like okay i have 16 episodes of glee on here it's taking up 16 hours of space on my tivo dvr I do not feel like watching Glee at all. And I, I remember that you'd have that remote in your hand and you'd be going like, you'd really be thinking about it of like, okay, but what if I'm hungover and just want to watch 16 hours of Glee and then it's like gone and I want to be pissed because it's like, you know, and you're like, this is part of growing up too. It's like when I was saying that thing about Lisa's boobs earlier, I, I've constantly been in a state of maturing. And I remember that like taking it all. I did the same thing with Walking Dead. Was I remember where I'm like, oh, like I really, really liked walking The Walking Dead on on uh, AMC, and then I just realized one day I was like, they're they're never gonna beat these zombies. <laughs> they're never. It's never gonna. Ha- it's just never gonna happen. Like they're always gonna be more zombies, and then all these characters that I like right now, they're going to be zombies one day, like unless we burn their bodies. And it was just like, I remember growing up and going like, Ryan, do you really want to keep wasting your time watching this? Cause you're just going to get upset on Sunday nights. And it's like Sunday scaries becomes a whole different thing when you're worried about zombies. And I remember that too. That was like, a thing. like that. It's like some of the saddest, I would, what do you, you guys have to have moments like that that decision. And a lot of you guys have that with housewives and Bravo shows where you're like, you know what? I'm out. I was out after this one scene. I just couldn't do it to myself anymore. I would love to know your stories about that. Cause I know everybody has one. Everybody has that show that they really adored and loved and then realized, Oh, wait a sec. I can't, I can't do this anymore with you. I remember like the last couple of seasons of the real world on MTV 
where I was, I even tweeted this, I think 13 years ago where I was like, I'm sad that I think I've grown too old for the real world. Like it's not anywhere near my real world anymore. You know, like I'm not out there clubbing and drinking vodka Red Bulls and all that stuff. Which, by the way, if you listen to this show, I always use vodka Red Bull. I think that is like I'm frozen in carbonite of the time where vodka Red Bulls and clubs were like a really big thing. I don't think they are anymore, but I don't go to any clubs, so I don't know. But like that was the drink. This is even before sugar-free Red Bull. People were just jacking themselves up on Red Bull and vodka. Um. But I'm, I would love to know your guys. Anyway, so Matthew Morrison, professor, or teacher Shu, he uh, he was on this this new show called uh, So You Not New. It's been a So You Think You Can Dance on Fox, and he was let go uh, last week. And he said, like the statement was that he didn't follow protocol of the show. So it almost seemed like he was let go for like maybe COVID restrictions or maybe he didn't, he wasn't supposed to do this or that. But then the news story came out today. Uh, People was reporting Matthew Morrison fired from, so you think you can dance for flirty messages that made contestant uncomfortable says source. Uh, she felt uncomfortable with Morrison's line of comments and went to producers who then got Fox involved. And so uh, the a, so Fox did a uh, investigation and found out that they did not like what was happening and they let him go. They didn't have sex, it says, but he reached out to her through flirty direct messages on social media. She felt uncomfortable with his line of comments and went to producers who then got Fox involved. He was fired after they did their own investigation. It was just messages that crossed the line. Now, some of you people out there might be going like, oh, I miss the days when you could send those creepy messages to ladies and men and blah, 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 blah. But I, you know, I got to think about that. Like, we know enough of these stories or we've been in these stories ourselves that it's like, it's got to like, so you imagine some young girls on So You Think You Can Dance and it's like a big opportunity for her and probably like anywhere else in the world, like you got a man in power, like using, like, you know, and by the way, I think, this dude's married also, but do you know he used to date Chriselle from Selling Sunset before she was married to that dude? Um, but, oh my God, think about having to tell this dude's wife. They're like, honey, you cannot spend any more money for a while because I did something stupid with my phone and work. Like, damn, dude. And like, you've got to feel like the uncoolest dork right now. Like, truly, you got let go of a show because you had to DM one of these people speaking of dms i got the nicest it's so funny i get so scared sometimes to open dms or emails now or something because it's like it's not it's like 90 10 but you'll get those people that really don't like me and they're very they like telling you they don't like you and like that's just i don't know i don't know if i'll i would ever i don't know if i'll ever get used to it or like i don't know if i should ever get used to that it's like sucks it's like you're going about your day and then you open the wrong thing and you see that somebody doesn't like you and you're like oh man that sucks i don't even know you like that sucks i wonder if i would like you like what wouldn't that be funny if the people that don't like me i end up loving like i am in love with you and it really bums me out you don't like me so anyways this person left a voice note in the dm which i was then really scared about and I was like, this could go so many different ways. But it was actually this lovely voice note from this lady uh, in England. And uh, she was like, please do not tell me that I sound like PK. And then immediately I told her she sounded like, but it was actually really nice. And I was like, it is that kind of gamble you take on like, should I open this and it ruined my night? Or should I open this? And it actually gives me like the oomph to like finish the pod. But anyways, I wanted to bring up that story because I always think that's interesting. And um, 
but that shit's got to shut down. We have to let people know that's not okay to do. Like, I, you know, you can't cross a line. If, if you're a judge also on a show, you can't do that, you know? You have to be on the Supreme Court to be able to do shit like that. Uh, also, back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't know. Somebody sent me this. I'm, I blocked Erica Jane a long time ago, uh, but she posted <laughs> It's like, it makes me so sad for these people. Like, you have to watch the other side of this where Erica Jane posted this story thing and it started off with a picture of her as a sweet little girl and all of a sudden it, like, leads into her being tied up in, like, bondage straps. And it's, like, so the opposite of what I think is sexy at all. And it just made me so sad. Like, I'm, like, what I'm really hoping is that, like, the people that don't know Erica at all from these shows, like, they think it's sexy, hopefully, and, like, she can get the adulation she wants there. But, like, I think for the audience i don't know if everybody feels the same way it just makes me sad it's like oh and then why did you include that photo of you as a girl too i didn't understand it's just so weird you know Ugh. okay hmm well, anyways, hi, you guys. Let's get to the guests. We're only an hour and 10 minutes into the show. I just really like talking to you guys. So sue me, whatever. So uh, you you know her. She's a legend. She really, truly is a legend. I remember being uber nervous on this because I was looking at her and she looked great. I was just like, when you when you, when you you have these people kind of like burned into your memory and, you know, those first couple of seasons of Beverly Hills were so important, not just to the franchise, but to Bravo and to, I mean, just really, truly amazing. Think about like the Lisa of it all. Think about like the, the, the Richard sisters. Think about all of that stuff. Think about her relationship with her husband at the time before he, uh, you know, and by the way, trigger warning, we do talk, uh, uh about suicide for a hair in this. We do talk about abusive relationships. Um, but she was just so lovely, so amazing. I have nothing but nice things to say about that and um, to say about her and really go watch Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season two. I'm so excited to cover it on the show, but uh, we're going to do a quick commercial break for Splendid Spoons, you guys, Splendid Spoon, and then we're going to come back and we're going to we're going to listen to a legend for like 35 minutes and then we'll talk to each other again on Thursday. Um, so I will, uh, I'll talk to you on Thursday. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. 
tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Okay, so our friends at Splendid Spoon. Now, this is something I've talked about multiple times on this show, and I really, really love it. And it's one of those things that I actually probably will be forced to get because it's awesome, it's easy, and it makes you feel good. The week that I actually was using Splendid Spoon, I felt way better. Better digestion, less bloated, glowing skin. Look at me now, folks. I am a troll. I had improved sleep, more energy, I had mental clarity. Folks, last week I slept horrible. I'm thinking, now that I think about it, this is directly because of Splendid Spoon. Uh, Splendid Spoon allowed me to prioritize myself. I feel great when I have Splendid Spoon. There were fewer cravings because all I had to do was take one of the soups or one of the health shots or one of the shakes. It is so easy to just throw that thing in the microwave or the stove, make it, eat it. It's delicious. It's good for you. You feel good. All of that stuff. But we can all use a little help to kickstart healthy habits, and that's where Splendid Spoon comes in. I truly believe this because I get so busy. It was really kind of this uh, unique gift where I did not have to think about it, and I trusted them because I knew it was healthy. I knew the ingredients because they make you go over it all when you approve them to be a sponsor, and I'm like, hell yeah, and it was cool. I could go into my cave. I could work. I could come out, do a health shot, go back into my cave, and it was awesome. So the thing about Splendid Spoon is that these are plant-based meals and snacks, and they're delivered right to your door. Um, Now, I have not been a vegetarian up to this point, but I will tell you something. The week that I had Splendid Spoon, I was not thinking about meat. It is not something that even occurs to you because these are delicious meals. These are hearty meals. I was actually full from them. Uh, It fit into my daily routine, like I said, just kind of amazing. It saved me tons of time because sometimes I just won't even eat. But if I know something's out there, right there, easy and good for me that I can just throw in, prepare really quickly, or the smoothies, the smoothies taste like flipping dessert. I thought I was like cheating on like something, you know? Um, Splendid Spoon meals are shipped right to your door, ready to eat. You'll only lift a finger to press start on your microwave. Um, Every meal plan also is customizable, folks. So I was able to pick what sounded good to me, and you can change that up at any time. So you can get what you want 
every time. The choice is yours. Like I said before, every single male is meal is 100% plant-based, gluten-free, GMO-free, always made with plenty of vegetables, legumes, which means beans, uh, healthy fats, whole grains, spices from all over the world. So you can enjoy a fresh take on classic dishes like their fan favorite vegan meatballs and marinara noodles, or take your taste buds on an exotic journey with California tikka soup. I've actually had the California tikka soup, and it really is awesome. (laughs) They've got plenty of smoothies, grain bowls, soup bowls, noodle bowls for you to discover, and with over 50 choices and a constantly rotating menu, there are always new dishes to try. Plus, eating plant-based food can come with a wealth of benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion, which if you listen to the beginning of the show and even at the beginning of this commercial, I need help with all of those. So Splendid Spoon, please, I need more. Uh, Try Splendid Spoon today and take meal planning off your plate. Just go to splendidspoon.com forward slash so bad. That's S-O-B-A-D for $50 off your first box when you subscribe to the Breakfast, Lunch, and Reset Plan or the Breakfast, Lunch, Dinner, and Reset Plan. That's SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad for $50 off. Remember, those will be in the show notes as well. Uh, you know, if you don't, DM me, email me if you have any problems. But just go visit it, SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad. Check it out for yourself. You guys, uh, please, that would be amazing. Thank you so much because I actually do like this product. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio's So Bad It's Good. Today, we have somebody that's so good, it's great. Uh, this is somebody that started it all. I mean, and she's still insanely young, and she's still going to be on our screens pretty soon, fairly soon. Thank you, Lord. Uh, <laughs> you know her. You love her from the seasons 2010 to 2013, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, the iconic years. Uh, you also know her as an author. Uh, she's been a, a mother, a daughter, a wife. She does everything. Taylor Armstrong, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so, I mean, poor Taylor. I just really kind of attacked her as soon as she got on because I was so excited to talk to you. (laughs) I just, I need you back on TV so badly. What possessed you though to actually consider doing Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season two? I did. It just sounded like a lot of fun. And when Andy (sighs) called me, he said, I had just done Watch What Happens Live, um, of course, via zoom but um he (laughs) said i just want everyone to see how happy you are now and how different your life is and when i left beverly hills originally um 
my life was in shambles and my life has changed so much. I have an amazing husband and I'm back to being the person that I was before I was married to my abuser. And I laugh all the time and I get to have fun. And Andy and I talked about the fact that we thought it would be great for the audience just to see how happy I am and to see me having some fun and not crying all the time. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I completely agree. Like you gave us everything. You showed us so much from a very important time in your life, which I want to talk about in a second, because your book also revolves around this and you've been an inspiration to so many people. But my thing was like, wow, she's coming back after giving us all that. And like, I was like, I pray to God that your life is just great. And that is exactly what you said. I want to show that I can have a good time. But those other ladies, I mean, they're wild. Did you know what you were saying? I mean, you, you, you've got, you got Vicky, Tamara, you, uh, Phaedra, you've got Dorinda at Bluestone Manor. I mean, Brandy Glanville, for the love of God, I got scared for you at a certain point. <laughs> well, I'm a lot stronger than I was back then. I can I stand up for myself. I will say it was cute when Andy called because he's like, okay, ultimate girl's trip. Like, this is going to be so fun. And then right before we hung up, he goes, oh, and are you willing to film a Brandy? That was like, <laughs> Andy? <laughs> I'll spring that on me after I got all excited. <laughs> Brandy and I still have enough unfinished business out there that I was like, oh, good Lord. This just went from like party central with a bunch of the girls to probably Brandy and I having to have some conversations. <laughs> oh my God. And I know we, I know we can't talk too much about it and we don't know the official air date, even though I'm hearing June now, but we will definitely keep an eye out for it. And I'll ask some other questions about relationships in a bit, but I wanted to go back to, I was looking at, uh, I was looking you up everything online and I noticed 2010 is when you started Beverly Hills, 2008, I think you did a cameo on the Hills, which is uh, hysterical. Cause that's another kind of legendary show in terms of reality. What made you want to even show your life on Beverly Hills in the first place? Well, of course it sounded like fun. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even interested. I didn't even really know that they were casting for it, but Adrian and I were really close long before Beverly Hills. Our babies went to mommy and me together and we spent a lot of time together. And so when she started talking about doing Beverly Hills, then it sort of sounded like it would be a good time. And she and I are super close. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have an ally. <laughs> and, um, and I love all the ladies so much. And um, we're, we've become, of course, after season one divorce, season two divorce, season three divorce, the suicide, <laughs> my abuse. I mean, we're stuck together as a family forever. And um, we're never going to ever forget those moments together. I mean, I, uh, you know, memories just flood back of even watching the show and watching your moments on the show and really how open you were, but you couldn't have realized how deep or how dark it potentially could go. I, I mean, I would imagine a lot of you ladies thought this is a fun way. They'll see our beautiful houses. They'll see our beautiful lives. I mean, did you ever, you couldn't have predicted ever what you were about to embark on. I don't know about everyone, but I think a lot of people when they go on reality, maybe now, not so much, but back in the day, um, I think that we thought we could hide all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the title, the title hiding from reality, my book, but, yes. um, yeah, I think a lot of people, when they go on reality, they're like, Oh, I'll just show my best self. You know, it's like a constant selfie. So you think, but then when they dig into your lives and everyone else digs into your lives, um, you can forget it. So if you're thinking about going on reality TV, just know whatever you've got, it's coming out. I mean, was there anything that you learned about yourself? And I know you talk about this in the book. 
what does an experience like this teach you? I mean, it seems like so much and your life has changed so much, but is there one thing you're like, I had no clue about this aspect of my personality until I got to watch myself back. My situation was a little bit different because I had changed so much in my marriage. Um, you know, my husband was so critical of me all the time. I've always been a super fun, loving, funny, sarcastic person. And when I started watching uh, Beverly Hills in season one, I'm like, who is that? Because it was nothing like my personality. And one of my closest friends who I've known forever called me and he said, I don't know who that girl is on that show, but that is not you. And he's like, I don't know what's going on in your life, but that is nothing like you. And what I realized is I had been criticized so much by my former husband that I laughed less than I used to. I talked less. I was so cautious of all of my behaviors because I didn't want anything to explode at home. And it was, it was really a shame to see what a shell of myself I had become and seeing that on camera and also seeing how the difference between watching Ken and Lisa together and Kyle and Mauricio and watching my husband and myself together uh, was a stark contrast. So although I knew that my relationship was not great, I seeing it play back, it was even more poignant that uh, this is not healthy. I mean, they actually now talk about that in terms of a quote unquote strategy where they'll say, oh, certain housewives, she's coming on the show because uh, she has a problem with her husband and they're looking to explore that problem. But back then it wasn't like that. You know, it's like now we get housewives on steroids almost where it's so like it was intense what you dealt with in your actual life. And we got to see that. But now it seems like, you know, we're getting criminal activity. We're getting all of this stuff. I mean, it's it, it, can you imagine where housewives has gone in the time that you've been absent. I mean, it really is, it's the same DNA, but a different animal entirely in some ways. Absolutely. I mean, and it's interesting. People ask me like, oh, did you, you went on the show, even though you knew you were in an abusive relationship, you know, did you, as I said, I mean, you think you can hide it, but you can't, but it, the criminal stuff really blows my mind because one of the questions on the application is, have you ever been convicted of a felony? <laughs> Now, you haven't been convicted, but you know you're committing a felony. Maybe you should read that box a little more carefully. I mean, that's my. I feel like casting directors for Bravo now should like really like walk them through this and get verbal. Like, okay, I need you to tell me for a fact that there is no criminal activity. But nowadays, it almost seems like it might help you get cast on the show if you do have that drama. But I mean. Do you still watch any of the uh, Housewives shows? What, what do you keep? I know you keep in touch with all the Beverly Hills ladies, but where do you draw a line in terms of watching these shows now? It is impossible for me to watch them. I, and the reason is not because they're not great, because I, I know that they're great. But at the same time, having lived it, when I see them start to go through these fights and when it starts to get crazy, all of a sudden, all my anxiety comes up from what I know it feels like to be on the receiving end of all of that. So it's really, really more about me that I have watching the fighting. And, you know, I've had a lot of fighting in my life. So um, that's a little stressful. I mean, I love it when they're having fun. And but that's, that's one I thing. That's why I got worried on Ultimate Girls Trip. I got worried. I was like, don't put yourself back in a bad situation. Don't put yourself because Bluestone Manor can be haunted sometimes. And I was like, I was like, is she safe? Is she going to be okay? You're in a great place. But that it is so funny. You were the cast member that I didn't 
I really didn't think you would say yes. And you were the one that was overwhelmingly people were like insanely excited about because it was like a return. Like, did you get that vibe too from people that people were like insanely excited about you coming back? Well, I appreciate you saying that. I don't know about that, but I am excited that I, I got to go on and I, I saw it also just as an opportunity as Andy and I talked about to let people see there's life after and that people's lives really can completely change and for people to see the real me. And it was, it was a really fun experience and I'm glad that people are excited. I hope they have a fun time watching. Yeah, it was just nice. Like there's a lot of people have very strong opinions. I don't know how aware you are of social media now because it wasn't as big in the 2010 season as it is now. I just want to mentally prepare you for what you're about to endure online. I, I just want, you know, like it is, it has gotten so uh, not the shows on steroids, but even the fans have gotten on steroids now where everybody comments about every little thing. Yeah. Um, are you going to go through some kind of boot camp before the show premieres? We've got to get you, we've got to get you ready for online. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. You can get me ready. You, you can be my coach. But no, when we first started even doing Beverly Hills, you know, Twitter was the big thing. And now of course there's so many other things and, yeah. and you know, Insta and all TikTok and all that stuff. But um, when we first started doing our, the social media was even crazy back then. So now it's just, I can't even imagine how big it's going to be, but yeah, it was unbelievable. The stuff that people write about you. I was a little taken aback. I think we all were when we first started Beverly Hills, because you would never think that people would say such horrible things about you and they write it, but then I can't believe they press sin. I mean, like who talks like that? It's, well, there, horrible. it's this weird thing where social media, people really don't understand. I even fall victim to it too, where it's like, you really, you consider it like your diary, yet you do know it's going out to other people, but it really doesn't stop you. You actually put the brakes on the, like to floor it instead of like holding back. And it's one of those things I always think about my mom, like just, you know, she would like slap me across the face if I ever, like if I ever embarrassed her online, it would just be wild, but people don't care anymore. It's like a really weird, it's like WWF wrestling or something. <laughs> the hardest thing in the beginning is somebody writes something to you and then you're like, want to fire back at him. And so I feel like we started doing that in the beginning of Beverly Hills. Like we were like, Oh, well I'll show her or I'll show him, you know? And then finally you realize, wait, this is not a good idea. <laughs> because yes. Then it just becomes like a snowball effect. <laughs> and you realize how hard. many people are out there and how many people want to get uh, a hold of you or have some form of communication with you because you are, and it's a, it's a very small minority of people that are very negative because most of the time people just, they're like, you're a legend. We want to just say hi to you. We want to like, I mean, you have to still have people coming up to you every day, maybe not in COVID, but uh, every day saying like, wow, like, do you, you still get that, right? Sorry. the light keeps going Absolutely. And people are so sweet. You know, when they come up to me, it's different because they want to go, Oh, let's get a picture. Like, I love you. And, or they want to tell me their story about what they've been through in relationships. And, and they want to ask me questions like, Oh, what's this person like, or that, you know, they, or what about this episode? And I can't believe they still remember everything. Cause I have yeah. to think back. I'm like, wait, what happened in that episode? But people are really sweet when they come up to me. But I remember the stuff that they used to say on social media. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? And the problem with it is the fans that are want to say, hey, how's Kennedy or my daughter or or like. Wait, 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 wait. Me. We know. We know Kennedy. We know Kennedy's your daughter. <laughs> Believe us. We know. Yeah. <laughs> they want to they be supportive and have fun with you. But the problem is to get to those people 
you have to read the mean comments, right? And so that's like the mean comments stay with you like all day and all the nice comments, you're like, oh, thanks so much. And then the one person that says something horrible about you, um, it, it's like, oh, my day. Yeah, it even... sticks It sticks with you. Like 3 a.m. in the morning, I'll think about some review somebody said, and I'll be like, why did they say that? You know, it just eats at you. <laughs> my husband's always like, you can't dwell on what people say that are mean, you know, but it's hard. And But it's a shame for the people that want to communicate back and forth with you in a positive way, because sometimes you don't even want to open it because you realize you're going to have to read the bad. So yeah. I think you have to just somehow your skin has to be thick. So I have to prep up. Yeah. You gotta, you're like Rocky. We gotta get, we gotta get you through. There's a training <laughs> montage right now. Now you wrote in 2012, your book, hiding from reality, my story of love loss and finding the courage within came out. And you guys, I will put the link to that because this is definitely a book worth checking out and to add to your Bravo library, but also it tells a very brave story. Um, what gave you the courage to put this all into words? And we did see you speak and, and go to events on uh, Beverly Hills, but like what made you put this all out there? When I had the agreement from the publisher to tell my story, there were several things. Um, I had to write it very quickly because I had a deadline. And one thing I regret about the book is I wish I could have put a lot more context into it. And especially reflecting now, yeah. I feel like I could write another book about life after and getting through it and being able to reflect back on that. But I, I do have that regret that I had to write it so very quickly that I don't know that it told the full breadth and depth of the story and all of the emotions and the psychological aspects that go along with what I experienced. Um, but I also needed the money. That's so honest. That is so, so honest, but also, yeah, I love that thought of actually coming back with like different perspectives because as like the only thing that heals you is actually time as they always say. And I would be so curious what your thoughts on what you said back then and what they are now and how you've healed or grown and, probably that could be a huge inspiration as well. Here's the deal. You should have just kept a diary during ultimate girls trip too, and just kept like a diary and then throw that in there and then throw the important stuff in there too, for the second book. Okay. I like it. Well, if we do life after there's so much that I can reflect on now, I, I do a lot of public speaking, of course, not during COVID, but a lot of public speaking colleges, universities, I talk about relationship inequality and I even work about with businesses about equality in the workplace and red flags for violence in the home. And so th that part is something that I could reflect back on even more now because stepping away from it, I had so many red flags in my relationship early on. And I just kept accepting them thinking they were going to get better. And I've worked with shelters all over the country. I get, I've had letters and emails and everything you can imagine from people all over the world. And the one thing I know is when those red flags are there and you just keep walking by them, they're going to get worse. And unless there's some kind of intervention or you decide I'm too good for this and I have too much self-esteem, because that's the problem. If you don't have self-esteem and you're with somebody who's a bully or a controller or extremely jealous, you know, you kind of let those things slide for a while. And then you end up in a situation like I was in where somebody was just controlling the hell out of me. And you have to be desensitized after it happens so many times where you don't even recognize the, the the cycle of abuse you're in until you step further and further away. Does it hurt you or does it help you to hear other people's stories still? I mean, people look to you 
for guidance. You know, you do speak about these things. And like you said, people probably tell you their stories every day. Is that a lot to take on or is that something that gives you a lot of strength? I am always there for people that want to share their stories because I feel that it gives us a commonality to say, you went through this and I can't believe how happy you are now and how there is light at the end of that horribly dark tunnel. And in listening to other people that I meet that have come out the other side, but also more importantly is the people that will stop me and they want to share with me what they're going through currently. And if I can just give them a little ray of hope or a little bit of advice on how to find that courage to leave that courage within that we all need to have going into any relationship and knowing that what you are deserving of and what you should be giving to your partner and that it should be an equal two-way street of friendship and love. And even in our friendship relationships, you know, the my daughter's 16 or turning 16 this month. And I want her relationships with her friends, you know, teenage girls, they all need to have equality too and respect one another and have their own boundaries and their own self-worth. So I, I think that that's really important in finding your way into a healthy relationship. And so in the book, if I were to rewrite it, I would definitely want to talk more about those red flags and finding your self-worth. Uh, that's amazing. Um, I, I'm, uh, I've been divorced now for a couple of years and I, I was curious about what, what it was like for you to find love again, to find love after this tragedy and, and what that was like. And was there any kind of trepidation? Like, because your trust has to be taken a huge hit on like, who can I actually trust? I don't know if you're able to speak about that experience of finding your husband. So John and I were friends prior to everything that happened. And he is an attorney by education. And when, after Russell died, I was left with two legal messes and two law firms. And he and I shared a mutual friend and our mutual friend asked him to come and help me deal with these law firms. I'd never been through anything like this. And, you know, the legal bills were mounting up and I had two different teams and I was so overwhelmed, not only with the fact that I just went through abuse and suicide and it was all over the media, there were paparazzi everywhere, but I had all these law firms and decisions to make and um, the financial ramifications of everything that was coming out um, and everything that wasn't there that I thought was there. um, And the bank accounts were empty and my offshore asset protection trust that I thought was going to take care of us forever was empty. And as the law firms were uncovering all of these things, John was by my side, you know, helping me with all these business relationships. I never, ever, ever thought I would be with another man again, ever after everything that I was put through. And then all the lies that were being uncovered as the attorneys were going through everything. I thought I'll never trust anyone again, not to mention my whole life had been on television and in the tabloids. The so worst part gonna... of your life that the, all of this was like, we got to watch it. I remember, I think it was that second season coming back and, and your ex had, uh, you know, passed away already. And we were watching this in your journey and it was kind of mind blowing. I can't imagine what it was like to go through. Well, and to think I'm just going to meet a normal guy and who knows every single thing about me down to like that. I'm an ugly crier and, you know, like, yes, yes. 
I this mean, is the lady that gets into fights with cats online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thought, not only of the trust, massive trust issues that I had, but the thought that I could meet someone and have a normal relationship after everything in my life was out in the public. I just never thought that would be possible. So John and I were good friends and he went through the first couple of years of my business stuff with me. And then we fell in love and it probably only because he stood by my side through all of that as my friend and a business confidant that I was able to trust him enough to move forward with the relationship. That's such a huge, great foundation to build on after all of that stuff. But I just, I always thought like, if he didn't know you before that, I was wondering if you guys did know each other, because it would be so bizarre for him to be married to you and have people coming up to you all the time, or just like seeing your meme or seeing like this, it would really shock somebody, but I'm glad he's been there and he knows everything that you've gone through. That's just wild. Um, You'd mentioned Kennedy earlier, and I had this, I talk about this in terms of the, the Bravo kids, is that you mentioned 16, and we all have this kind of thing. We're like, oh my God, we're watching them grow up. Like these kids, like we feel like they're part of our weird extended Bravo family. Um, and we got, you were, I think, one of the first big, huge children's parties on a reality show on Beverly Hills. When you, I mean, has she seen footage of that party or has she seen any of you in in, in this show? Well, I've never just sat down and watched it with her. I may have shown her her birthday party whenever, but way back in the day. But, um, you know, with the internet, I'm sure she's seen a lot more than I wish she's seen. I think these kids have seen everything. <laughs> no, I mean, they're born with a computer in their hand. Of course they have. But I was wondering, since her 16th is coming up, is she like, Mom, I want the ponies again. I need, I want to do the, <laughs> I want to, let's do that again. I wish it was the ponies. Of course, she wants a car. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Go with the pony. Yeah, the pony's a good idea. Can you imagine? Uh, I should just I should just do that to torture her. I should actually just have a pony in the driveway when she wakes up on her 16th instead of a car, just to see what her reaction would be and like have the car around the corner or something. <laughs> uh, that would be truly incredible. Um <laughs> So uh, I, I do. The, so that vast amount of time that I feel has been from you leaving the Bravo show to now, you seem like you have like had a really full life in between and actually done so much good. And that's why, once again, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe you're coming back to reality in this form because it really is. There's this weird coming home, but I like it that it's like kind of this like local girl does good vibe where you're coming in a lot stronger. Um did you know any of these ladies besides Brandy before you went into this house? I know probably Vicky the best. I've known Jules Aaron um, and I'd met Tamara a couple times and let's see, no Phaedra, no Eva, no Drenda. And of course, Brandy, I know from Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, you are, I hear the new Trace Amigas with uh, Tamara and Vicky. Have they told you what that is? Uh, yes, I know. Okay. What that is. <laughs> you are. I mean, we see you in pictures with them now and you have potentially replaced Shannon Bedore in their Trace Amigas. Are you accepting of that title? Yes, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Apparently it is rightfully so. Yes, it is very, it is. You guys are like the, uh, the blonde, uh, troubled, trouble threesome. Like you're, you're the double trouble, but three. Um, uh, if this actually if you like this experience after it comes out, is there a chance that we could see you more? Are you willing to stay in the fold? Are you willing to share more of your life again? Or was this just a nice revisit? I put it aside and I move on. You know, after this experience, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to go back and to share more of my life. I feel so strong and so happy and I can stand up for myself now. So I'm like, 
kind of a different girl. So I think it would be a really uh, different uh, Taylor Armstrong. Um, looking back, uh, do you have 10 more minutes? Are you good? Okay, cool. Um, uh, looking back though, at that show, uh, what are some of the experiences, not the dramatic experiences, but some of the really fun parts or aspects of being on the show? Do things still, uh, do they come up in your memory in terms of just the good time it possibly was? I wish, and I know it doesn't make good drama. It doesn't make good TV. No. We had so much fun so many times and it, I know it wouldn't be good for the viewers, but it might be good every once in a while just to show like a montage of just the housewives having fun. Yes, <laughs> exactly. They, we're not crazy all the time, but we, I remember one time and we were dancing in Vegas and we had so much fun. Oh, wait, was that the Camille Grammer dancing yeah. in Vegas? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an iconic <laughs> trip. That was a really fun day of us all just like letting loose and partying together. And I wish that the viewers could see some more of us. And Kyle and I have had like side splitting laughter moments. We were Kyle's neighbors. really funny. Like I think Kyle's like extremely f- a funny person, like a, even away from the show. She seems like she has a really good sense of humor. Kyle is hysterical. And because we lived just a few streets away and Portia and Kennedy were just a couple years apart, we, they would do sleepovers all the time. And I'd go over to Kyle's and we would laugh and just cut up. I mean, not on camera, but off camera. <laughs> and there were so many just side splitting moments with her that the viewers will never see. But I have those as very cherished memories. Can you believe she's still on the show? I mean, like she's still, I mean, like she's been since day one now and it's like, she's like the center of the whole thing. And I just can't, like, I can't believe that they're still there. I mean, it just, I I mean, at least you've had like a little time off to like prepare yourself, but to live in that kind of vacuum, I mean, even if you have a control on it and Kyle's like actually becoming this, like really in like sought after actor now with the Halloween stuff. And uh, she's like, I don't know. It just, it just boggles my mind to think about so if you got a call saying we everybody loved you ultimate girls trip it killed you were a fan favorite we would love for you to consider coming back to real housewives of beverly hills as kyle's friend you're saying that you would possibly consider that <laughs> well i would always consider being kyle's friend that's for sure no 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 we already know you're kyle's <laughs> friend. To, to prove it on national tv would you consider doing that yeah i would go back to beverly hills you know the other interesting thing is i live in orange county now just saying. Oh, oh my gosh. That's that makes even more sense with the Trace Amigas. Oh, you guys could sweep into OC next season. And then there's two, it'd be like Civil War in the Orange County for like, wow. Do you well, know? And I'm friends with I'm friends with Heather Debro. So just let's put it out there. Have I mean, you I- been have you been to her airport hangar that she calls a house? <laughs> I've seen it. I, I just saw it the other night at a restaurant and she and Terry, but um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a connection because, you know, Paul, of course, of botched with Terry. Yeah. Paul was married to yeah. Adrian when we first started Beverly Hills. So it's all, we're just like a bunch of especially right. Beverly Hills people. With the women in, as a guy, I always wonder, is there like only seven guys that are like available in Orange County because like, and Beverly Hills, because they all seem to get like kind of passed around or like, there's like one lady on, on Beverly Hills. It seems like she's dated like three or four of the guys that we've already seen in the show. I'm like, there must be a shortage of guys in Orange County. <laughs> there's a shortage of guys that want to hang out with crazy women. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, do some, uh, this is a question that we had from uh, the podcast audience that we're really excited you were coming on. Do some NDAs about being a housewife last forever? Um, and uh, is there anything, um, 
I don't think you can share any fights that happen in the the season two, but do you have to sign like a lifelong NDA for these shows? Honey, I wish, I wish people would sign an NDA about my life. <laughs> it's all out there. It's, yeah. it's a free for all. If you're going to go on reality TV and you think you can hide anything, you're wrong. Let me just give you a piece of advice. Oh, wow. That's uh, um, Sarah Marie says, I just want to tell her, thank you for your strength. You are a true inspiration to some of us, to all of us out here, literally almost the same thing happened to her. And she started sharing her story. She said she felt so alone in her experience, but hers, but her telling hers, let me know that I truly wasn't. And I can continue to go on with my daughter too, and maybe even love again one day. And I thought that was a really beautiful message for you to hear. Well, I hope um, so too, honey. It's you're worth it. Yes. Um, uh, and as we start winding down, uh, you've asked this a thousand times, so I'm not going to bore you with the question of like, have you seen the meme? But it does got it. What is the experience though, of being really in the top 10 of me? Like I saw you on a Christmas sweater and the person wearing it didn't even know what real housewives was. <laughs> and these memes have been unbelievable. When they first started coming out, Kyla and I were like sending them back and forth to each other. And she'd be like, I don't get it. I'm like, I don't get it either. And then fast forward, they just kept coming and coming. And I still get them. People send me stuff all the time. And their new ones get used every new one get new ones get made every day in regards to that meme. Absolutely. And then I saw I've seen people in Halloween costumes when what oh, this was great. I was in <laughs> I was in a gay club on Halloween and a guy came in and he had he was the cat and he had the salad in front of him and he had a poster of me doing the pointing that he was carrying on a stick. And I came up behind him and you would have thought he was going to pass out. because so, That would have and, been the best Instagram picture ever. Oh my gosh. I actually have the picture. I'll post it. Oh, so please. I up, oh my gosh. I have, and so I ended up yelling at him and we took a picture. Wow. Uh, that's, that's truly incredible. Um, <laughs> Uh, I know you can't speak specifically, but uh, what were you, what, what was your opinion of the Berkshires and of Bluestone Manor? Bluestone Manor is so gorgeous. It's going to film beautifully. Uh, it's just so vibrant. And it was great getting to know Drenda. I had a blast with Eva and Phaedra. And there's a, a lot of drama, but there's going to be a yeah. lot of great, great visuals. I mean, Andy said there's more drama on the new one than there was on the first one. Yeah, he said that the other day that the rumor, he said the rumors are true. It is a wild, wild ride, which we are so, because I thought the Ultimate Girls Trip season one, I don't know if you watched with Kyle, it was really well done. And it made us really kind of, Reappreciate if that's a word, all of these ladies in a different iteration and a different group. So we are just, I cannot wait for this. And I'm so interested personally to watch the Brandy scenes with you, not, <laughs> but like, I'm just want to see you and Brandy in the same room and what that's like, because you guys only shoot for a very small amount of time. I just can't imagine what that would be like. And if you, you seem like you're very strong now, but I would be so nervous going into situations like that when I think somebody's looking for a fight, you know? I think we were both a little nervous, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's going to, you're going to enjoy every bit of it. I promise you that. Did you come out with any uh, new lifelong friendships from it? I know you said you got along with Dorinda and stuff. Was there anybody that you're like, oh, these people will be in my life for the rest of my life now? I just have fallen in love with Eva and Phaedra and it was great to see Jill again. Of course, I love Vicky and Tamara, but I would say that my experience was really great bonding with Phaedra and especially Eva. Yeah. Um, uh, any regrets uh, in retrospect? We were talking uh, earlier about uh, looking back after time has passed. 
besides Russell and, and that whole situation, is there anything you wish you had done differently on those first few seasons of Beverly Hills if you knew what you knew now? Everything is what I wish differently. <laughs> <laughs> One of the challenges that I faced on the show, it, it's super anxiety provoking when you are fighting all day with your friends. But then my problem, I didn't have a Mauricio or a Ken to go home to. I had to go home to more anxiety and more fighting and more stress. So I never got a break. And that's one of the reasons I was so, so skinny is I was just stressed out all day, every day, all night, every night. There was no like support system when I got home. And so yeah. my big regret is I wish I could have been the person that I really am and the person that I am now, which is the person I used to be before my abusive situation and before I went on Housewives. So that is my regret is that people didn't get to see the real me. So hopefully we'll make that up. At Blue we're, we're going to see the, the, the real her, you guys pretty soon. We don't know an exact date, but you know, we'll be covering it here every episode as it goes. Uh, Taylor Armstrong, it is, it is so such an amazing uh, privilege to speak to you. I really tell the audience, I get to speak to a lot of housewives and you really do seem you like you have an inner light that is not fake or false. Some people put on an act, but you seem like a very genuine person. Um, if, if you're not, I did not notice it at all. You seem amazing. <laughs> uh, are you going to do what, what's next though? Like, I mean, we know the show is coming out. Is there anything I, I was like talking to you? I'm like, you got to have like three of your own podcasts where you just go back and recap old episodes or tell us your experience. There is so much here and you're such a good speaker. Well, thank you. I am starting my own podcast yes. in April. And it is one of my lifelong friends who's been on radio for 30 years plus. And so he's a pro. Are you allowed to say who that is or? Um, I can't say yet, okay, okay. but, um, but he and I have known each other for half our lives. And so when the two of us get together, it is a lot of laughs and we're very sarcastic with each other and we don't hold back. So it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also going to be in an upcoming film. We haven't started production yet, but it's called masterpiece and it's a thriller and it's a super creepy story. And, um, so it's my first jump Wait. into the acting world. Taylor, did you audition for this? Did somebody write you a role? Or like, I didn't even realize this was like, are you going to be start auditioning for like shows and stuff? I think so. Yeah, this That's is huge. Before, a four film slate. So um, if the first one goes well, then we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, it's a super creepy script. So I think it's going to be fun to be on the set <laughs> of something that's a little bit even more creepy than Housewives. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I don't believe you. There's no way. Uh, there's no way anything. Uh, you can check her out on Taylor Armstrong. We're going to put all of her information on the show notes, uh, her Instagram and all of that, which I'm sure she's going to have to uh, start posting more and more as we lead up to that. So uh, let's go support Taylor in everything that she does because she is a very genuine person and she's given us uh, really so many great memories and a lot of inspiration and strength. So Taylor Armstrong, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Ryan. Take care, honey. Betches.